Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Let's Talk Politics. All right. Well, it's the day after Inauguration Day, and there's nothing to hooray about yesterday or today. So before we get to all the Inauguration Day commentary I have, I would like to have mention a few house cleaning items. Portland and Seattle rioters protest against the police and capitalism last night by vandalizing and wreaking havoc on a number of buildings, including one of the headquarters for the Democratic Party. As a welcome to the new administration. How about that? As the famous sportscaster used to say, how about that? Interesting. So we'll see what comes about. There was some melee and some damage done. I'm not sure how many arrests. I didn't look at a lot of details of the story the way I should have. But the whole idea of them vandalizing, wreaking havoc, right when the guy they supposedly wanted gets in there, it, to me, it fascinates me. I'm mystified. I mean, after all, I thought it was all about Trump. And his oppression, his racism, his hatred, his contempt. No. Apparently not. They get what they want, and they want more. You know, a friend of mine said, it's like feeding the beast. They're never satisfied until everyone is devoured. And that's a very telling and truthful way to look at it. All right, let's go on to the inauguration day. Yes, I watched the speech. Yes, I went through both gallons of Pepto-Bismol. Even though it was only 12 minutes long, thankfully. So I didn't have to, you know, get a third gallon. Nevertheless, the gist of the speech from what I did here, although there wasn't that much of a crowd, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment in terms of the rating, not only the people at the event, which was few and far between because of COVID, but also because I thought it was a lame speech. But yet the media just, I'll get to them too. Mm, they loved it. They were gaga over it. And it's, it always amazes me how the media just turns on a dime. You know, with Trump, I mean, he can make the most grandiose, historic speech, and all they do is poo-poo it, say it's dark, it's negative, and whatnot. Biden gets up there, and here's the gist of what I want to eat. Most of it dealt with unity and healing. But I say, pay careful attention to his actions. You know, on the one hand, he says, let's talk about healing. Let's talk about unity. We must not demonize our enemies. Let's, let's not do these things, right? Okay, you just called two U.S. senators about a week or so ago Nazis. You compared them to Nazis. You're supporting the impeachment of the now former president, which that's a whole constitutional issue in of itself that they shouldn't be able to do. After all, how do you impeach somebody who's already been removed? Oh, I know. It's because they don't want to make sure that he runs again. Nevertheless, 
to me, it's absolutely bonkers to me that these people just cannot leave Trump alone. And that meanwhile, he, like he said, he's talking about unity. Meanwhile, he's, like I said, he's putting the fist in with a grin on his face. Unity or forced obedience. That's going to be the whole Biden mantra between critical race theory, between the climate change, you know, anything. It's just, there's no end to this. That was about 80, 85% of the speech from what I did, was able to digest. He went into a little bit about uh, systemic racism, you know, that broad term that liberals always use and, you know, the fallacy. And it was just, uh, I'm just like, in climate change, you know, but, you know, never regarding, look, as Christians, God is in control of the climate, everyone. So it's not about being a climate denier, but the fact is God is in control. Despite what people think, we do not have that level of power and influence over the climate. Despite the hysteria promoted by Greta Thunberg and all her just perpetual emotionalism and screaming that we do something in this world, it's somebody's propagated a lot of fear onto this child. It's it's just unreal. And of course, the world would describe that as mental illness. But I'm getting sidetracked. Sin. Anyhow. All right. So now that we've covered the gist of the 12-minute speech, I got from a friend today some information. I decided to research it myself. And Reuters and Variety are my sources for this. Back in 2017... Before I give you that, I'll just say this time, how many viewers did Biden have for this inauguration? The man got 81 million votes, right? How many viewers? 10.5, 10.6 million people watched the inauguration. Trump, the most vilified, hated, despised, Nazi, racist, white supremacist, blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody's angry after the election. Madonna thought about blowing up the White House. You know, all these things going on. So he had his inauguration and had 31 million viewers. Pretty much almost, you can say about three times the number. But yet, Biden, like I said, 81 million votes, the most in history, right? Or to believe all the mail-in ballots. Hmm. But that's a whole other subject. Nevertheless, he was so popular and Trump was so hated and so vilified and whatnot. Only 10 and a half million people could watch it. You can't blame that on COVID because the virus doesn't spread through the TV screens. Nevertheless, it's just, it's, you know, amazing to me. There should have been more people tuning in after all. You know, now that Trump's gone, we ought to breathe a sigh of relief. The mainstream media sure did their best to cheer for him. Go Biden, go Biden. You know, it was at times it was, that added to my nausea, not just to Biden's speech, was, you know, and, and they're biased to the extreme end. One MSNBC correspondent compared Biden to God. Oh, help us. Please help us. No, he is not the Lord, nor is any politician. I got to be frank with you. I didn't always like the pictures of Jesus and Trump. First of all, Trump's not a believer. Second of all, you know, there is no politician or any man of any profession that you should compare to the Lord. As Christians, 
we are humble servants. So we never exalt ourselves. And we shouldn't exalt the people the way that they do. I've, I've always... Ugh. It bothers me that Joe, uh, Joe Biden... Dr. Jill Biden, you know, she has to be called doctor because she has to make everybody know how important it is. I think she has an education degree, by the way. She's not a medical doctor like my brother. I have an older brother, by the way, full disclosure, who is a medical doctor. But, you know, he doesn't walk around and, you know, I have to Dr. Joe Agabine, just so you know. Anyway, I'm putting his name out there. But, you know, I, I want everybody to call him doctor. Like Dr. Biden. Why is it, you know, so, so, when somebody has to have an elevator by their name, that means that they, they want you to know how important they are. You know, I have to get sidebarred for a second. There was a gentleman, one of the, the, um, t- the head controller of an organization I work for, which will remain nameless, um, in the past. And he was very full of himself. He was very good at what he did. He was an excellent accountant. There was no doubt the man deserved to be in the position he is. He was second up from the CEO at this um, company I work for. One day, we di- he didn't have his badge. And one of my coworkers is telling us the story after it happened when she got to her desk that they had put a new directive a few days prior. And they were telling people, look, don't let anybody in. I don't care if it's CEO of the company. I don't care if it's this person, that person, whatever. Don't let them in if they don't have their badge. They have to go around to the front, whatnot. So he was going up there and he didn't have his badge. So she says, well, I can't you know, let you in. He said, don't you know who I am? Oh my goodness, you raised such a fuss. I can't remember if she ended up just begrudgingly let him in because she probably thought she could lose her job if she didn't or something. She felt under the gun, but that's the attitude of these people. You know, Dr. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Democrats, you know, even Trump did that. But most of the time he did it poking fun. But I, I'm sure he believed in it, too. But the rest of the Washington establishment, that's how they think. They they have a, a huge arrogance complex. Much of the world does, too, by the way. So anyway. So we know who Biden is. Ten and a half million viewers. <laughs> for the healing of the nation. But the media did everything. It reminds me how, speaking of which, how liberals going gaga over Biden and not just the mainstream media, but Hollywood entertainers and whatnot, how they value the whole concept of symbolism over substance. It's amazing to me that I've had countless debates I used to, I don't really deal with it much anymore because I, I just got tired of liberals. I just either, I, you know, they insult me so many times. They use all sorts of language. They curse at me. They do all whatnot. And my Christian ears and heart just can't take it anymore. I just don't want to, I don't want to be bothered with it. And plus a lot of times they're so, you know, bankrupt in terms of their thinking that it's not even worth it. So I, I just, I don't even bother. But when I used to do it, um, they would always value the, the concept of symbolism over substance. They don't look deep in the impact of policies. They don't look at the actions of a politician. Instead, they what they always tend to do is they focus in on some insulary remarks, speeches, platitudes, 
just what the Biden speech was, by the way. No, nothing long. You know, the speech itself, very little on specifics and what he was going to do in that 12 minutes. It's just a lot of platitudes. I mean, it sounded good. If you landed from Mars, you'd like to say, what's wrong with this? Come on, man. As Joe Biden says, right? Come on, man. Give me a break, would you? What are you, a junkie? Anyway. So that's one of the biggest things. They value symbolism over substance. And people just go by personality when they vote. And it shows. It's ridiculous. You try to argue substance with them and they just avoid it. You know, they don't even deal with it on that level. They just, oh, well, you know, you just, why are you so mean? You know, why are you, you know, this and that. It's not, we're not trying to be mean. We're just trying to point out the facts about him. Why are you so negative? You know, you just, you're just a hater. No, you're not a hater. You're just trying to give them truth. But people reject truth nowadays. We know that in the theological realm. We see that in church all the time. When you try to give them biblical truth, I must say, people reject it. When you tell them absolute convictions beyond belief, they don't know what to do with that in this postmodern culture. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I don't want to impose my values on you. <sighs> okay. After that, it didn't take long. Within the first few hours after Biden is sworn in, that there's a flurry of executive orders and that have begun. You could say goodbye to any new border wall construction. You could say goodbye to, to rejoining. Oh, they joined the Paris Accord. To us getting out of the Paris Accord, now we're back in. Federal empl employee and building mask mandate. New COVID spending, including of a massive increase in the minimum wage being proposed. That's going to have to be legislated from seven twenty-five to fifteen bucks an hour. That would kill small business, folks. And big business, here we go, kiosk, and here go more unemployment because they're going to have less people doing the work for fifteen bucks an hour. And also, they put a um, a ban on. Federal abortions, the Mexico City law. They reversed that, of course. So that was originally started under Reagan. Every Republican president, when they get in, they immediately put the ban back in. Democrats um, release it and say, no, you can get funding for abortion. Go kill your babies elsewhere. Go murder them, you know, spread our murder abroad. We already doing enough in this country, about a million a year or so. So let's just do it more throughout the um, world. After all, I mean, what one bad thing pro deserves promoting another in another place. Also, a freeze on deportations, which I've heard, I was listening to, to Tucker tonight, includes some violent felons. Lovely. So now you can't get rid of criminals. Amazing. All within the first 24 to 36 hours after Biden takes over. There were 17 issued yesterday. And now today... There was a few more done. Um, so we're, some of, it's not that they're all bad, although a lot of them are. I mean, some of them have to do with, you know, some insulary things and procedural things. You know, it's like, oh, OK, I could kind of go along with that. I don't I wouldn't, you know, lose sleep over it. But then most of it, though, like with the freeze on de deportations and the elimination of the uh Keystone pipeline construction. That one is huge, by the way. They say it cost 50 to 52,000 jobs already. Thank you, Joe Biden. Now we're out of jobs 
First day, lays off 50,000 people, including, and I must say, since we're so into identity politics, I've got to use this against them. Normally, I wouldn't say it this way, but I'm playing into their thing. Please know this as a disclaimer, what I'm about to say. I'm setting the table, everyone. They let go, from what I've heard, or at least demoted, I'm hearing conflicting reports, demoted or fired the black Surgeon General and kept, you know, Fauci on, the ever-so-wise Fauci, Andrew Fauci, who masks, don't wear masks, do this, don't do this. You know, Matt, a guy keeps changing on a dime like a politician and says, well, I'm doing it based on circumstances. Meanwhile, he's caught where, you know, sitting next to people and not wearing a mask at a Washington um, Nationals baseball game. But that's okay because he's Fauci and the person was cleared, I'm sure. So, you know, he just, I tell you, it never ceases to amaze me what these people can do in their rank hypocrisy. All right. So that's within the first, like I said, 24, 36 hours on the Biden executive orders. Stay tuned, everyone. This is just getting started. All right. We got a correspondent on MSNBC says we need to wage war against fake news since fake news killed people on January 6th. Fake news? Oh, really? What about the Russia collusion delusion over the last four years and the fake racism stories on Trump? And to some extent, even some of the police shootings. Hands up. Don't shoot, Michael Brown. Oh, that was a lie. But, you know, there's there's a host of other things, you know, in regards to the facts of these case. Oh, wait. What did uh, Jacob Blake over up in Wisconsin, Kenosha? Oh, I was carrying a knife. Oh, after they burned down so many buildings and did all this and that and vandalism and caused all this havoc and injured police officers. Yada, 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 yada. But that's okay because after all, we had to do that because of his systemic racism and police oppression. All a bunch of lies. A bunch of horse nonsense. In most cases, in most, I'm not going to say they never get it right. Stopwatch is right twice a day. I mean, after all, there was 14, or is it 15 now? They up the first to start out at nine. This is the liberal Washington compost, by the way. Unarmed black men last year, in, or I'm sorry, 2019, was 15, 14 to 15 men were killed. And all those unarmed black men, maybe three cases were questionable. The rest were completely justified based on the circumstances of those cases. Meanwhile, you have 7,000 black men, women, and children are murdered each year in this country. 93% of the time by another black person. Does anyone care? No. And they say, well, white people murder white people too. (laughs) Uh, Guess what? Statistically speaking, black people count for about 13 to 14% of the population, they make up about 48 to 51% of all the homicides. So they're not representing themselves proportionally. It's not even close. In fact, if you're a black person in this country, you're six to seven times more likely to be murdered than a white person. And that's the number one cause of death for 
black men under the age of 35. You know what it is for white people? It's accidents. But none of this matters because, after all, I got sidebarred on a, run, on a thing. But I wanted to make a point to my audience in case some of you didn't know. Nevertheless, the fake stories continue. That was the point I was making originally on fake news. But we get trumped up on racism charges from police. That's all they care about. And they zero in on these stories and they, and wait, a lot of the times it turns out later when the facts finally come out that it isn't what they think. But that's okay. You know, because it's Trump people in the January 6th insurrection. Which, by the way, they admitted, oh, get this, the Washington Post of all places now Now that Biden's the president and everything's okay now and sunshine and rose petals are, you know, everything's wonderful and peachy. We find out that they have evidence now that President Trump did not, I repeat, did not, this is the liberal Washington Post now saying this, did not cause the insurrection. Oh, it wouldn't have been nice to know that before they voted to impeach him, before all these Republicans jumped on the bandwagon and, got, you know, were suckers for all this because they felt out of guilt and shame for defending Trump. Unreal. They now admit that he didn't instigate the Capitol Hill incursion. All the melee that happened. Fake news. Are you going to wage a war against that? No. It's only what their truth is. One of the things that's so annoying about the whole liberal left is that they have a doctrinal belief in their secular ideology that is so strong that only what they say is true. Only what they say is true. It's amazing how they think. You know, you cannot have a divergent opinion. You can't come to a different conclusion. Only their truth matters. It's breathtaking to me that these people can actually get up there and say what they say with such force, with such perpetuity, with such arrogance, with such confidence, and they are never wrong. Never! We are the party of science! As they support the illogical and unscientific transgenderism. We are the party of science! As they support abortion and scientifically it's proven that life begins at conception and that there's a baby heartbeat after 21 days. Mm. Okay. Whatever. By the way, the science keeps evolving. So what they're telling you is true for science isn't always concrete at the time it becomes, it evolves over time. How much time, how much, how many times folks have you heard research where it says, this is bad for you. The science says so. Then it turns out about 10 years later. Oops, no, maybe not. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Now, I realize some things are concrete over time. But oftentimes, it, depending on what it is, it can take years or decades for that science to be validated. But, you know, anything else, it, you know, they don't want to deal with. All right, now that I've went on that rant about that, I also like to add that there's a story by Democrat James Clyburn. This is the gentleman who helped save Joe Biden from the campaign absolutely just going under. And 
the Democratic primaries. Bernie had won Iowa. I'm not sure. I think Elizabeth Warren, somebody else, you know, won New Hampshire. Biden's campaign was was running on fumes. I mean, they thought, oh, well, they're about to tank. You know, if he doesn't do well in South Carolina, he's toast or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Clyburn gets out and endorses him, gets the black vote, and then he went, uh, Biden wins South Carolina and shazam, you know, the rest is history. Goes, sails his way through the nomination. So apparently, former President George W. Bush, who I still have some level of admiration for, although I hope this isn't true, but I suspect it might be. He comes up to James Clyburn during the inauguration ceremony and tells him, thank you for being the savior in regards to Biden's campaign and everything else. Because otherwise, in essence, what he was saying, really, it would help save the country from four more years of Trump, who the Bush family, I guess, absolutely loathes. It's really, it's un, it's just how the establishment, you know, they're willing to coalesce their values. That makes you wonder if they're really conservative to begin with, if they can support anything that the Democrats do. They're for murder of unborn children, Mr. President. Mr. Former President W. Bush, how can you support that? It'd be better if you didn't vote at all than to vote for a Democrat, because what you're doing is wrong. How do you, where's your convictions on this? This is really shameful. But I don't know. He might have said it. You know, there's no comment from the Bush team yet. Let's let's hope it's false. But I wouldn't doubt it, because from what I heard, the Bush family voted for Biden. Just like I guess Cindy McCain did, a number of other Republicans, like just like what you might have heard of called the Lincoln Project, a group of, of really Trump-hating Republicans, supposed Republicans. They're like the the liberal evangelicals almost. I'm going to use a parallel there. So, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Let me say this: the Bible. I'm going to launch into this one now, pivoting off that right into this. The Bible is absolute truth. If you don't have core convictions, folks, if you just have, I believe this, I believe that, that's not enough. You have to have core absolute convictions. That is a life and spiritual lesson. You have to have faith and repentance in order to be saved. And you have to have convictions that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to the Father but through him. And yes, that's offensive. Yes, I know some people don't like it. Well, Jesus said your message, in fact, not only your message, they'll hate you because they hated me first. So don't expect the world to be, because they want peaches, flowers, and kumbaya. You know, they say they want tolerance, but ironically, they're the most intolerant. We, on the other hand, yes, we say Jesus is the way, truth, and life, but we don't demagogue them for not believing. We pray for them. We pray that they come to the knowledge of the Savior. As much as I railed against the actions of what Joe Biden, these Democrats, MSNBC, CNN, da 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 da, and what they're doing, we are still called and commanded to pray for these people. Pray for their salvation, including those on the Republican side who I support. Most of the Republicans I support, they're not Christian. They may be doing what's right on a human level, but they're not Christian. 
So the answer is that we love our enemies. I'm going to wrap that up. Is that we love our enemies, folks. And that was a command from Christ, is to love our enemies. Thank you for tuning in. We have spoken about politics and so much more.